You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. On the fake, Rodgers lets it fly, has Watson, he's got it on his feet and he's in for the touchdown! That might be the biggest catch of this young receiver's career. Christian Watson, you can see him, it's just press man. They talk about his speed, his ability to get behind the defense. It's just a matter of can he catch it. That's a great job tracking the ball. He just took a big sigh of relief. Look at his buddies greeting him on the sideline, man. That's got to feel good. What's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. And if you want to text the show, you can send a text to 865-658-5824. Again, that's 865-658-5824. Boy, we have waited around all day trying to uh, make sure we didn't miss out on any uh, breaking news with the whole Aaron Rodgers situation. You guys know I've held off on talking about this whole Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, uh, waiting for him to make a decision, waiting for the Packers to pull the plug on him returning, waiting for a trade to drop, waiting for any information. I didn't want to bore you with, guys with it, but it's all coming to a head now, so we're going to hit on it today. We're going to kind of lay out a timeline of the most recent events, and then we're also going to touch on some salary cap stuff on – on kind of uh, how much money the Packers need as far as trading Aaron Rodgers. Um, we've got a really cool Packers daily video to hit on. Um, let you guys hear the audio of of the Christian Watson coming out party against Dallas. Obviously, it's on the intro, so I thought we would kind of relive that for a second. And then we're going to touch about or touch on the uh, draft board update. Uh, we have all of the RAS scores as they sit right now have been put into the system, so the board has adjusted again. And of course, we still have pro days to go, but we're going to kind of give you an up to date look at how that's all laying out. So let's do this. Let's just jump right into the Aaron Rodgers talk. What I'm going to do is kind of lay out a timeline from earlier today. Obviously, we're recording this pod on Tuesday, March the 7th. Um, it's probably going to go out around 5 o'clock Eastern time. I'm sure as soon as the pod drops, uh, seeing that we've waited all day long to possibly get a final answer, I'm, I'm sure as soon as this drops, the news will break. <laughs> so if that happens, move on to the next podcast. But here is all the information as we know it. Um, in real time, up to the point of this uh, podcast. Again, we will check at the very end and see if anything's changed before we wrap up, which will probably be around 5 p.m. Eastern time. So everything kind of got cranked up today. You guys know there's been rumors coming out of the combine of uh, Aaron Rodgers. You know, uh, Cheesehead TV released a video, which was really funny. It was just a quick clip of them having Rob Domofsky on uh, Cheesehead TV the other day. And he was talking about how he's heard Every angle of the story. Some people say Aaron's coming back to the Packers. Some people say Aaron's retiring. Other people are saying Aaron is going to be traded uh, to the Jets. Some people are saying, uh, you know, that there's a chance he goes to the Raiders. There's all kinds of rumors flying around. So it's why we haven't touched this topic very much because until there's real con concrete information, um, we don't want to speculate. When you listen to this pod, we want you to get the most up-to-date information and know in real time, okay, here is what's actually happening, not rumors, not people trying to get their name out there and and just get a little bit of clout, uh, you know, as far as uh, being the, the first to report on it, if you will. So we've got NFL Network on in the background. We're going to keep an eye on the, uh, on the ticker on the bottom, but here's how everything kind of unfolded. It kind of started with Bill Huber on Twitter, at uh, Bill Huber NFL. Great follow. If you guys aren't following him, go give him a follow. Um, he said he tweeted out at 10.47 a.m. this morning, Eastern Time, the Jets and the Raiders are practically a coin flip in the next team odds for Rodgers. Here's the updated betting angle. So he kind of talked about how they're pretty much neck and neck, the Raiders and the Jets, as far as uh, being the favorites of teams other than the Packers for Aaron Rodgers to go to next, right? Um, now, I will, I will mention this, and it wasn't in my notes. I'm going to go a little bit off cuff here. But there's rumors spec uh, swirling now that Tom Brady is going to come out of retirement. Nothing set in stone, but there are rumors starting to circulate. The first thing that came to mind for me is the Raiders, right? Um, Josh McDaniel and and uh, Tom Brady absolutely adore each other. They had a lot of success together in New England. 
Um, I would not be surprised if he would come out of retirement for that. So with that being said, just knowing that those rumors are circulating, the other team that's out there, right, is the New York Jets. For me, it's I have a hard time believing that Aaron would want to go to the Jets for two reasons. And I'm not going to try. I'm, tr- I'm going to try not to get too political, but we know how Aaron has been very, very vocal on uh, you know the vac- vaccination and how that was handled and and all of that and and uh, and how the government has really you know gotten so involved in people's personal lives and. And I'm trying to tread lightly here because this isn't a political podcast, nor do I want it to be. Um, but New York, when you get in New York and New Jersey and up around the Meadowlands, you know, I rode through there when I went back to, uh, you know, my, my fall trip last year to Sleepy Hollow and all that. It's it's all right there next to the city. And we know how uh, their vaccination laws have been uh, implemented. I should, probably shouldn't even say laws, but rules. A lot of businesses have gone out of business. A lot of people were affected. Their lives were affected. I, it, I find it hard to believe that he would want to go there given his stance on all that, right? And I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. But where there's smoke, there's fire, right? And you guys know I've hesitated to report on any of this because I felt like everything was just kind of, uh, you know, uh, just kind of up in the air, if you will. You know, no one was was really given any concrete information. Um, all you could go off of was what Aaron said and what um, the Packers have said, right? Now, the Packers were adamant adamant that they wanted him back, but here recently, Gudikant said, you know, until he makes his decision, we that's a conversation we've got to have. He wouldn't say, yeah, we want him back, right? I would assume they would want him back if he wanted to come back. Now, what did Aaron talk about? Aaron talked about how the deal had to be, quote-unquote, touched. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, but Ian Rappaport, shortly after that Bill Huber tweet at 11.50 a.m., Ian Rappaport tweeted out, Aaron Rodgers has received permission to speak with the Jets. Source confirmed some due diligence. All right, so now Ian Rappaport's saying that he is, uh, Aaron Rodgers is free and given permission by the Packers to talk to the Jets, right? So Aaron's kind of weighing out all of the options here. That could be huge. That could be kind of minute, right? Now, what's funny is there were several people reporting yesterday Aaron Rodgers was in New York and was meeting with the Jets, right? Y'all remember those reports. We didn't cover it on the pod much, but it was circulating out there. Well, this next tweet that we have coming up here at the end of this segment is going to kind of prove that to be somewhat of a lie, I would imagine, which is why we try not to report on those things. So all we know from Ian Rappaport is they were given, they give Aaron Rodgers permission to talk to the Jets. Now, again, we know Ian Rappaport works for the league. Ian Rappaport is plugged in to the teams and the sports agencies, right? He doesn't speak uh, personally to Aaron Rodgers. That's been well-documented, right? And obviously Pat McAfee and them um, are, uh, you know, they kind of bicker back and forth with Ian. I'm just looking here, glancing real quick at NFL Network. Uh, says, new right now, the Jets contingent flying to – okay, cool. So we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, so he's received permission to talk to the Jets. So if he received permission to talk to the Jets – you're thinking, okay, that means Aaron Rodgers was in New York, right? Wrong. Let's move on to the next tweet. This has always been – this is from Ian Rappaport at 1.21 p.m. This has always been about what Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers wants, and the process has begun for him to find out as he is speaking to the Jets. So I'm going to play this video, and then I'm going to give my take on it, okay? Let me go ahead and share the screen here so you guys can hear it. Let's see what Ian said on this video. Aaron Rodgers, I'm told, has received permission to speak with the New York Jets. Those conversations have happened this week. It is due diligence for Aaron Rodgers and does not necessarily mean that anything is imminent, although the clock is ticking, so at some point, somehow, someway, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to come to a decision. But it is his decision. I think that's been one of the more important themes here is that regardless of what the Packers want, what the Jets want, what the Raiders want, this is all about what does Aaron Rodgers want? And my understanding is his wishes is something that the Packers will listen to. If he has fruitful conversations with the Jets, if he likes it there, if he decides that is where he wants to finish his career, the Packers will accommodate him and go forward and start the process of working on a trade. If he tells the Packers, Jets were nice, Robert Saul is a very nice person, I like Joe Douglas, but I want to head back to the Packers, they will welcome him back. If it's retirement, which is certainly an option still, and everyone will move on that way. This is all about what does Aaron Rodgers want? He's beginning to learn that this week. So where did that information come from? Pretty obvious it came from the team, right? 
like we said all along, Ian Rappaport is well-connected with the team. And that's why, as the Schefter reports have come out, and I'm not suggesting that Schefter's not plugged in as well, but Ian Rappaport works for the NFL, right? Which means he works for the teams, which means he works for the Green Bay Packers, period, case closed. So all year long, he was taking the information that was fed from the Packers. You notice Ian has not been one that's been on the train of Aaron Rodgers is gone. That was Adam Scheffner and several other people who do not work for the league. They work for uh, other, uh, how do I say, sports networks who cover the league, but they, he doesn't work for the league like Ian Rappaport does. Ian Rappaport is a mouthpiece for all 32 teams. That's what he is, right? So he is, he is suggesting that, and you can tell this is coming from the Packers, that the Packers – have told Aaron, hey, look, this is about what you want to do, man. If if you want to come back here, we'll welcome you back, right? If you want to retire, hey, we respect that. If you want to go somewhere else, we'll respect that too. How freaking confident do they have to be in Jordan Love to be willing to let Aaron Rodgers walk? Like, guys, this is huge in my opinion. And, and there's always been rumors and rumblings behind the scenes and nobody knew what to believe because everybody's grabbing at every little straw and trying to get the scoop and this and that. And I do want to back up a minute. I said just a second ago, I mean, literally two minutes ago, that that had to have been a lie that he went to New York. Ian said just now the conversations have been taking place this week, right? So maybe I should retract that and say, okay, maybe there. I guess there's a chance there was truth to that. But those people reporting it, did they just hear that Aaron was talking to the Jets, therefore they assumed he was flying to New York, right? Or did someone actually see him? I have a hard time believing someone's seen him and didn't come out and say, hey, I just saw this person here at this location, right? So maybe the conversation started earlier in the week on the phone when it granted permission from the Packers. Could have been the case. But again, Ian's tweet says this has always been about what Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers wants. There are some people that are going to get upset about that. And they're already, you know, they, they've already, you know, been saying that, look, you know, Aaron's gone, Aaron's gone, Aaron's gone, right? And the some people on the other side will say, well, the, the Packers, this, this isn't a good business move. Uh, they have the rights to Aaron. They shouldn't be letting him steer the ship. I say kudos to both parties because this is what I wanted all along and, and many other Packer fans, is let's avoid the nasty breakup. Look, he has the right to play where he wants to play, and the Packers have right to the compensation they deserve for eating however much of that contract they have to eat if indeed they do trade him. And he also has uh, you know, the right to retire, and the Packers have granted him that. So this is not going to be an ugly breakup. It's not going to be an ugly divorce. Whatever decisions made, whether Aaron comes back to the Packers, Aaron retires a Green Bay Packer, or Aaron goes to another team, it's all going to be done mutually and respectfully as it should be. And that fires me up. Um, that's the one thing that I have really, really appreciated through this whole process being a Packer fan is we are not going to have Brett Favre 2.0, right, which is absolutely awesome in my opinion. Now, let's fast forward to 2.04 p.m. earlier today. Rob Domofsky, this is where it gets interesting. Sources tell at Dan Graziano of ESPN and me that a contingent of jet te Jets team officials are scheduled to fly out today to meet in person with Aaron Rodgers. So now Rob Domofsky's saying that people at ESPN are floating around the idea that Aaron Rodgers um, is supposed to meet with the Jets officials, their team officials, in California today that a Jet <laughs> from the Jets, I know, hard to, hard to say there, hard to comprehend, are flying out to the West Coast to meet with him. Now on NFL Network, here is uh, several Jets players saying uh, on Twitter that they want Aaron Rodgers. Here's Brees Hall. Don't mind me just manifesting Aaron Rodgers. Laughing emoji. Uh, I think it was Sauce Gardner that said something about um, uh, burning the cheese head or something like that if he comes to the New York Jets. So you've got New York Jets players trying to recruit him heavily on Twitter, right? And uh, obviously what's funny is – there's a chance, there's a good chance he can leave, right? You hear that from the Jets fans and the Jets players, that they want the four-time MVP, Super Bowl winning quarterback on their team, right? And if you go to Packers Twitter with some of the people that cover Packers Twitter, they're cracking jokes. 
they're taking shots at Aaron. And it, I swear they they want him out of Green Bay so bad it's not even funny. It's uh and, and you know uh, uh, what's his name Darius Butler who's on the Pat McAfee show several times a week. He said, "Man, be careful what you wish for. You ain't gonna have near as much to write about when you don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback there." Not suggesting that Jordan Love can't be that, but if you think for a second, if the team if the team struggles, the clicks go down, boys. I mean, that's just the way it is. And that doesn't affect us Packer fans, which you guys know I'm a Packer fan with a podcast. I'm not a member of the media. I don't get paid for clicks on writing an article, right? Nor do I care if anyone else does. But that's something that's one of those issues where it's, say, hey, be careful what you wish for, right? Um, it's, uh, it's, it's so interesting, every angle. But I want to point that out, that there's Jets fans going absolutely ballistic right now because they want Aaron Rodgers, and they know the talent he is, right? And then you've got – Jets players recruiting him on Twitter. And then we've got Packers, quote-unquote, reporters taking shots at him, political shots at him, trying to force him on out the door. It's just like, man, if if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I want to play this year, I'm probably looking at that timeline going, you know what, the heck with these people. I'm going to New York. <laughs> and I'm just being real about it. Um, and and I know it's, it's a, a minute amount of – uh, you know, quote unquote, Packer fans that want him gone. We've done poll after poll after poll. Um, and they always come back that the majority of the people want Aaron back. But, you know, sometimes the loudest uh, appear to be the majority, right? Because they're the ones that are seen and heard the most. Um, but that was very interesting. So keep in mind, if they had the talks earlier this week, and this is why I mentioned the Rob Domofsky tweet, if sources are telling Dan Graziano and ESPN that a contingent of Jets, uh, Jets team officials are scheduled to fly out today to meet in person with Aaron Rodgers on the West Coast. They've already had conversations earlier in the week. This sounds like the conversations earlier in the week went well, right? And now they're flying out to the West Coast to maybe iron out a deal, right? And the Jets do have the money to pay Aaron Rodgers, that cash that he's due uh, there before the deadline, or at the deadline, I should say. So that was worth mentioning. Let's move on to the next tweet. Diana, Diana Russini tweets out at 2.14 p.m. So this is 10 minutes after Rob Domofsky. Keep in mind that Dan Graziano and Rob Domofsky said they, they talked to someone at ESPN. A source tells them this is happening. This was the source. Diana uh, Ruziano, Rusi, Russini, I'm sorry, man, there are so many hard names to pronounce here. Domofsky, Graziano, and Russini. Yeah, I'm from the south down here where we're uneducated as all get out. My name's Bailey. <laughs> we got a lot of Smiths. <laughs> we got a lot of Joneses, a lot of Jacksons. Not many Russinis, Grazianos, and Damovskis down, down here in, in our neck of the woods. But Rossini says, Diana Rossini says, the New York Jets have flown on Woody Johnson's private plane to California to meet with Aaron Rodgers in person per sources. They land soon. This was at 2.14. Also reported by Rob Domofsky and Dan Graziano, the Green Bay Packers have given New York permission to speak with Aaron Rodgers. This was at 2.14 Eastern time. So as I'm recording this podcast at roughly 4 o'clock Eastern time, they are meeting with Aaron right now. Now, you may say, and originally I came into this podcast kind of thinking, you know what, there probably won't be a decision today because they'll sleep on it and this and that. This is just, you know, they're just kind of doing their due diligence. Well, if what Ian Rappaport said and other people reported that they had already spoken earlier this week and that led to them flying out, this seems pretty serious. So we might be close to having a, an agreement between the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, and then now it comes down to has trade compensation already been discussed between the Packers and the Jets, right? So we're going to find out real soon. I just wanted to kind of update you guys on that, okay, because that information – was dropping in real time. And now, of course, uh, for whatever reason, NFL Network has gone offline. It looks like we uh, might be uh, getting invaded by the Russians or something. There's several different color stripes uh, across the screen here as if uh, NFL Network studio got bombed or something. So that's, we're, 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 we're in, the, uh, in the darkness, no pun intended, <laughs> on that angle. So we won't be getting updates in real time there. Now, Let's move on to the financial ramifications, okay? We're not going to cover all the details, but I think it's important to mention 
what what salary cap is needed because there's some people that still think that the Packers can't trade Aaron Rodgers, right? That, oh, no, they don't have the cap space to do that because of the penalty they would incur. We're not going to cover all the details, but I'm just going to talk about the numbers that have been thrown around by people that I trust, by people at Spotrack, people at Over the Cap. And I'm going to give you a broad spectrum here, okay? Because, like we always talk about, in some cases, Over the Cap is closer to the real numbers. In some cases, Spotrack's closer to the real numbers. So we're going to kind of give you a ballpark range here. It's my understanding that somewhere between $8.5 million and $11 million is what the Packers would need in cap space for 2023, this current calendar year, to trade Aaron Rodgers. They are currently sitting at somewhere between $15 and $19 million in cap space, depending on which site you trust. So the Packers are definitely under the cap well enough to uh, be able to trade Aaron Rodgers. So you can check that off the list. We are good to go. We're in the clear there. The trade can happen. All right, so that's important. Now, what are the what are the three things that could still happen? You know, uh, Rodgers still could, quote-unquote, touch the contract, meaning they could adjust the contract to make it cap-friendly. Now, when I say cap-friendly – it could be cap friendly for the Packers and him to return there. It could be cap friendly for the Jets to make the deal a little more uh, absorbable, if you will. Right, that could happen. Um, that might be what they're meeting about right now. Um, that's what I would lean towards. Seeing that they already talked earlier in the week, and now the Jets have flown all the way across the country to meet with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I would lean towards they're looking to adjust that deal or at least iron out all the details to make the deal go through. So when I mention that 15 to 19 million dollars in salary cap space that the Packers have right now and they only need eight and a half to 11 million roughly let's just call it 11 million they only need 11 million and they have somewhere between 15 and 19 million free it could happen right now the trade could take place any second now let's rewind back to Goody's comments earlier in the week if you guys remember at the combine they said you've got this much space that's freed up now and you you got room to spend in free agency Goody kind of laughed and under his breath he said well I wouldn't say that but yeah we definitely want to uh, have a certain amount of cap free in case uh, something does uh, you know arise that we we really really like and we want to make an offer now why did they free up that cap they freed up that cap in my opinion to be able and in a position to pull a trigger on the trade for uh, to to trade Aaron Rodgers, that's what it seems like, right? Now, if Aaron retires, we've already talked about they're automatically going to free up something like I don't know fifteen million dollars on the cap. If they trade him, it was going to be a little bit different deal. Other people are suggesting right now that if the Packers trade him, they could absorb the majority of that cap. That's that's involved there. That you know we're talking about. They need that fifth. Uh, they need that eight eight and a half to eleven million dollars in space. But if they absorb that, right? And this is where negotiations between Green Bay and the, the New York Jets are going to come into play. If they absorb that, then maybe that the agreement is, hey, yeah, absolutely, we'll absorb that. You throw in some extra draft picks, some extra collateral there, right? So all of that stuff is coming into play now too. It's it's such a fascinating. Um, such a fascinating topic because it could go either way right now, right? And, and you've got all these franchise uh, tags uh, flying in, like a, a tag was placed on uh, Lamar Jackson and, um, and and all that. So, I mean, you've got all this stuff that's kind of coming to an head. It's, it's an exciting time of the offseason for sure. So, again, um, they could cut touch the current deal. You know, Rodgers could still retire. The, the Jets may make a pitch to him and say, here's what we're going to do with the team, this, this, and this, and, and Aaron go, hey, let me sleep on it, and his final decision be, nah, you know what, I'm just going to call it quits. That could happen. It, it, it could also be that, um, you know, he, he decides, you know what, that's not a better situation or as good a situation as I have in Green Bay, and I definitely want to play. I'm going to come back. Ian Rappaport just said it, and we know that that came from the Green Bay Packers front office directly, that the decision has always been Aaron Rodgers' decision. If you want to come back to the Packers, awesome. If you want us to trade you, awesome. If you want to retire, awesome. So there's still a chance that he could return to the Packers as well. It's just it's so fascinating. It really is. But, again, I want to point out that Spotrack has the Packers cap space right now sitting at $17.3 million. Some would suggest it's closer to 15. I've heard some people say it's closer to $19 million. So I uh, believe who you want. You guys know I leave a $5 million buffer there when factoring in the cap because there are so many things that come into play and so many things that get adjusted along the way. The one thing that has struck me as a little bit odd, not maybe not odd, maybe odd isn't the right word, but something that's piqued my interest is you you guys know earlier in the week 
it was mentioned that David Bakhtiari um, was in the pro- in the process, or they were uh, looking to adjust his salary cap, his his salary cap hit, his his numbers, right, and adjust his cap. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Bach, nothing has been done yet. Finalized. Bach's base salary is $6.7 million. His roster bonus is $9.8. That's going to leave somewhere in a ballpark of $17 to $18 million. That at a maximum could be restructured. You guys know they've they've leaned into the the players that they've already adjusted and did a little more on the maximum side rather than what we thought they should do. Um, so with Bach, I mean, I think it's safe to say that they could free up another seven million there easy. But the question is, does Bakhtiari want to play in Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers? I'm assuming he does. And it sounded like the the, the Packers wanted Bakhtiari back too, seeing that they were going to restructure the deal. Now, are they going to restructure the deal to deal them? I don't know. There's very vague terminology used there, and we don't know exactly what that may mean. But, again, the Packers are $17.3 million under the cap, according to Spotrack. And then, of course, uh, David Bakhtiari is still on the roster right now at his normal cap hit or his current cap hit of $28.7 million. Um, so, yeah, we, we sh- we're probably going to know something, guys, within any second now up to 48 hours from now. Uh, I think we'll have an answer on Aaron Rodgers. I think the decision will be made that soon. So with that being said, let's move on to the next uh, topic we wanted to cover, and that was the Packers Daily Memorable Win video that was on Packers.com. We're going to go ahead and hit that for you and kind of talk about some of the stuff that Christian Watson did this year, and we we all know that that Dallas Cowboys game was kind of the coming out party, but let's check out what Packers Daily uh, had to say here. Seven nothing Cowboys football just across the forty one of Green Bay. What you know about that hunger? Rainbow's right side, and he's got the rookie over the shoulder. Catch to the end zone. It is a touchdown for Christian Watson. I know that those are plays I can make. Do something I know I'm capable of. Over the top, he's got Watson again. Touchdown, Green Bay. It means a lot to me. It does. Cool to see him bounce back in that moment. For the third time today, all that kid does is catch touchdowns. (laughs) Christian Watson put the league on notice in Week 10, setting new franchise marks in the process. Most notably, Watson became the first Packers rookie to notch 100 receiving yards and three TDs in a game since James Lofton did it more than 44 years ago. That breakout performance was just part of what made that November win over Dallas so memorable. Every Watson touchdown was needed to help force OT at Lambeau Field, and in the extra frame, the defense got a critical fourth down stop to keep the Cowboys off the scoreboard. He's hit. It's incomplete. It is Green Bay football. All the Packers need is a field goal to win. And of course, Mason Crosby delivered in the clutch to seal the deal. Snip, placement, kick is up, and it yes! is good! Yes! And there is your dagger! We always have good games against Dallas. I feel like those are always kind of a back and forth. There's always kind of some crazy moment, uh, you know, towards the end. So happy to be on the right side of it this time. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, it was Mason Crosby talking there at the end. And um, I, I don't know, earlier this week, when it came to David Bakhtiari and Mason Crosby, I mean, the the vibe I got was both of those are going to return to the Green Bay Packers, right? And it's funny because now Aaron's uh, future is up in the air, and you kind of felt like 
if he was going to come back, he would want Bakhtiari by his side. He obviously him and Mason, they him and Mason Crosby, they've sat next to each other on every flight for the entire career. From what I understand, uh, they're very close. But now it's looking like Aaron may be dealt, and all of his buddies might be staying in Green Bay. Of course, the Jets could make a run at some of these free agents that are set to hit the market too. And you know, if the Packers are smart and uh, they want to. Uh, maximize any value they're going to get back and, and you know, possibly Bakhtiari leaving or staying. They're leveraging the fact that Bach is on the roster uh, kind of against Rodgers. You know, that just came to mind. But when it comes to Mason Crosby, though, uh, that just kind of triggered that thought. But back to that video, man, Christian Watson, you know, it, it's one thing to have gaudy numbers, right? And you see statistics, and you guys know I'm not a big statistic person. I don't, I don't look at stats and go, that's that's what determines whether someone's good or not. Um, I like to look at the tape, right? And PFF kind of goes hand in hand with the tape for me. There, there's been very few times that I've watched the tape and looked at the PFF grade and went, man, they got that wrong in my opinion, or I disagree with. It. I shouldn't say they got it wrong, but I disagree with. It. That happens very, very. Uh, you know, it doesn't happen very often at all. Um, but what you're looking for in a player and, and determining whether they're good or not, in my opinion, is for the tape, the PFF grade, and the statistics to line up. And that's what's happened with Christian Watson on that run there, that little tear he went on. You guys know he missed significant time. We've talked about it uh, often here recently. Um, but just some of the numbers that they pointed out there in a graphic, and I'm going to read it off, and, and great job by Packers.com and, and obviously uh, Wes Hockowitz and, um, and, and all those guys over there that are putting out those videos. Uh, Spofford, I believe that might have been – that was actually Spofford, I believe. I get those two mixed up sometimes. I actually got the Meadleman Green Bay. It was a really cool uh, experience when we were up there at Lambeau during the week. We were up there for seven days, and they were just kind of running around the atrium, you know, doing their normal daily grind, and it was it was cool to run into them. Um, didn't fan out or anything and try to ask for a picture with anybody. I didn't want to freak people out, although Cliff Crystal was in the house. We seen him filming a documentary. And, man, I was like, if there's one guy I want a picture with, it's that cat because I really respect the, the time he's put into understanding and, and helping convey and keep alive the history of the Green Bay Packers. Um, really, really uh, good stuff. But the statistics they talked about, Christian Watson, the first Green Bay rookie with 100 yards and three touchdowns in a single game since James Lofton, and that was in 1978. You do the math over that. It's over four decades, if my math is correct, right? Over four decades since a rookie receiver has had 100 yards and three touchdowns in a single game, and the guy who did it's a Hall of Famer. Pretty good stuff. Uh, also, he tied the single-game Packer rookie record for receiving touchdowns. Um, those that were tied for that record, Hall of Famer James Lofton, Billy Houghton, and Max McGee. You guys know Max McGee, man, the famous – oh, man, what a, what a character. We need to do – that needs to be a history segment coming up here during the dead time. As soon as we get past the draft, you guys know that time between the draft, you know, after the draft concludes up until training camp, I'm going to do a lot of history segments for you guys. And we're going to have to definitely do Max McGee because he was a hilarious figure. But again, those are the only three rookies uh, that, that uh, had as many receiving touchdowns as Christian Watson did in the history of the green Bay Packers, James Lofton. Again, that happened. Um, in 1978, over four decades ago. Billy Houghton, I'm not sure when Billy Houghton played. I should know. I believe it was before James Lofton, if I remember correctly. And then Max McGee, who played for Lombardi. So that's pretty good stuff, man. That's good company there. And and for it to, have not, to not have happened for four decades, and now Christian Watson's done it. Again, the PFF grade, I think he finished in the, uh, in the 70s. Solid rookie PFF grade, right? Really good PFF grade for a rookie. Um, you watch the tape, and you've seen him getting open. You've seen him making contested catches. You've seen him creating separation. You can see him, you've seen him with the rack in Philly off the Jordan Love pass and running away from the defense. And and Darius Big Play Slay talking about on his podcast, man, we we underestimated his speed. I mean, that's a solid corner making that comment. Um, everything lines up. And, uh, yeah, also he was the first Packer with two touchdown receptions of 35-plus yards in a game since Jordy Nelson did it. So great company that Christian Watson's in there. I'm really excited to see what that dude does moving forward for sure. Now, let's do this. Let's wrap this big bear up by moving on to some draft board talk. You guys know I'm going to continue to, uh, to, to give you my draft board information as we go along in real time. 
um, throughout this process and the board continues to get updated. So we're going to do that. We're going to, we've got all the RAS scores in that we have uh, our hands on right now. There's going to be pro days that are going to be coming up that are going to uh, kind of fill that on out until that happens though. Um, we're going to kind of uh, leave the board the way it is. I've got Greg Cosell information coming in. It's going to adjust the board slightly. But as it sits right now, here's how the draft board sets currently, okay? Tier 1, there's only one player in my Tier 1, guys. We've got our first negative of the year. And what do I mean by negative? My point system, the way my board draws out, the, the lesser number has more value, okay? So to put that into perspective, Bryce Young – is now a negative 1.3 on my board. He's the only player on my board that has a negative overall score, meaning he is the highest graded player on the board. The lower the number, the lower the grade. And some of you are going, how in the world does that work? Don't ask. I've been working on it since 2009. Okay, 2009, I started doing draft stuff like this, and it has been tweaked and altered every single year and fine-tuned to the point where I feel really, really comfortable with this information. If you look at our track record last year, we absolutely knocked our draft board out of the park, meaning the teams overall across the across the league seem to agree with our board that we finished with, right? So we had the information fairly close. There was a few surprises in there, one of them being Quay Walker, did not see that one happen. Did not see that one coming. But we've made a slight adjustment this year to, that I think is going to get us a little bit closer to the real answer of what the Packers do, and that's the RAS, RAS minimum score, okay? And I'll just kind of plug that real quick here. I, I didn't plan on doing it here, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it because we're going to wrap up with some information that it applies to. Um, the In the in the first two rounds, a Cheesehead TV wrote a great article on this with uh, Math Bomb. Um, you guys go to Twitter, find them. They're the they're the the people. And I don't know the guy's uh, name right offhand that has created the RAS uh, relative athletic score. And basically, the Packers have not chosen here recently. The Packers have not chosen any first or second round pick with a RAS score of less than eight point three zero. Okay, it was actually a little higher or lower than that. I settled in eight point three. That was an easy number to remember. So. That's now going to be applied into the draft board, not to adjust the draft, but it's going to give me a quick reference of, okay, it's very, very, very seldom that the Packers draft someone with an RAS score lower than an 8.30, and I have that noted on the draft board. But again, Bryce Young at the top of the list. He's the only player in my tier one now, and his negative 1.3 grade was really, really stood out to me. Bryce Young, in my opinion, Looks like as close to a slam dunk quarterback draft pick um, that there's been in a long time. And uh, I'm not suggesting he's better than Andrew Luck or on that level, but just here recently, it just seems like, man, he he really sticks out in this year's draft. Now, in Tier 2, there's only two players in Tier 2, Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. Now, Jalen Carter, I know he's got a lot of stuff off the field that's going right now. My board is not trying to determine where a player is taken. My board is about overall football value. Okay. I take in, I put in zero consideration into someone's off the field activities. Now, when I build my final horizontal board, what I do though is the players who have injuries or off the field issues, their name goes up in the per, in the proper slot, the proper ranking. So they're not being penalized in that regard, but they're going to be written in red to really stand out to me that, hey, look. Look into the background a little bit. There's going to be personal issues and or injuries, okay? And obviously that's going to affect uh, the outcome. Now, if I'm the GM and I go to pick, and let's say that the only two players that are available are Jalen Carter and Will Anderson on the board, right? And Jalen Carter is ranked slightly higher than Will Anderson by, by four-tenths of a point, actually. So they're in the same tier, but they're really, really close overall. But Jalen Carter's name is up there in red, I'm treating Will Anderson as the better prospect, personally. They're in the same tier of talent, and to me it's not worth it to risk, you know, taking someone on who's got legal issues and, and have a, a, you know, a background of making bad decisions. I'm going to take the safer bet because the talent overall should be that close. All right, so next, the thing we're going to cover, I just want to point out there's three players at the top of the board, one of which is in a tier of their own in Bryce Young, quarterback Bryce Young out of Alabama. Then you've got defensive lineman out of Georgia, 
uh, Jalen Carter, and then you got edge defender Will Anderson. Okay, so it's important to understand those are the top two tiers, top three players. Now, let's talk about five players that could potentially fall to number 15. We did this on the last pod, but the board has since adjusted. I want you guys to get this information in real time. Five players that could potentially fall to the number 15 slot, um, assuming the Packers aren't going to trade up or an Aaron Rodgers trade doesn't land them a better pick somehow, okay, um, if the Aaron Rodgers trade does take place. There's still so many questions. This offseason is absolutely wild. Um, five players that could potentially drop to, uh, to number 15. One is in Tier 3. There's only one player in Tier 3 that I think could potentially drop. Now, understand, Bryce Young could fall to 15. We don't know, guys. This this is my board. It doesn't mean that this is how the rest of the league sees it, obviously. I, I know that goes without saying, but I always want a preference that, you know, I am not sitting here saying I understand scouting better than all 32 teams. I'm not saying – I'm, I'm going to tell you up front, I don't understand scouting as good as the 32nd ranked team. But this is the information that works for me, and it's been uh, pretty successful here recently. I really enjoy leaning on it. But Peter Skaronsky is in Tier 3, the only player in Tier 3 that I think could potentially fall to the Packers. He's my 10th best prospect, and he is in Tier 3. Um, if he falls to the Packers, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to go absolutely ballistic. Uh, that would be very, very exciting. All right, the next player is in Tier 4. I've got four players in Tier 4. Four of the five players I'm talking about potentially dropping. Four of them are in Tier 4. Let's start with the top one, B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson, after his combine and the RASs have been applied, he is now up to the number 11 spot, and he falls into Tier 4 as the top Tier 4 prospect. Uh, next is cornerback, Joey Porter. Okay, he's a tier four prospect. He is the 12th best on my board. Next is offensive tackle Paris Johnson, tier four prospect, number 13 on the critical board. Uh, number 14 is offensive tackle Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Um, he is uh, a tier four prospect as well. That's kind of how those guys fall into place. Okay, that's how I see them. Those are five guys that I could see potentially uh, falling to the Packers. Starting with Skaronsky, B. John Robinson, Joey Porter, Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones. And then you've actually got a couple of other players that we're going to throw in here that are uh, basically five players that I think will be available or have a great shot of being available when the Packers pick, meaning they don't even have to fall to the Packers. Okay. And here's where you're going to see you've got a broad pool of players where the Packers might potentially trade back. I could see that being a very realistic scenario. But the five players that should be available at number 15 or most likely will be available at number 15, Tier 4, edge defender Miles Murphy. Now, we do not have an RAS completed for Miles Murphy yet, okay? Uh, we'll get that in the coming days. So he may climb a little bit further up. He may stay put. Of course, he cannot drop below that spot unless someone leapfrogs him with their RAS. I don't penalize players for having bad RASs because, to me, it's more important to have the information on the field, the game tape, what did they do on the football field rather than running in their underwear on turf indoors, right, and not having to deal with contact and all of those things. It's important, but it's not the most important. It's definitely not important enough to penalize. However, if someone does well, they will get that bonus that may make them climb up over Miles Murphy. So right now, Tier 4, Miles Murphy, um, incomplete RAS. Up next is wide receiver Jordan Addison. He did not qualify as far as RAS for me. Okay, so what does that mean? He did not get penalized, but understand he didn't get that RAS bonus, whether it was one point, three points, or five points. And, and I'm not going to go into the detail of the formula I use. It's not that important. But um, he is still sitting there in Tier 4 for me. Edge defender Lucas Van Ness comes in next. And um, Lucas Van Ness is in the 17 spot. He had a great combine, a great RAS score. So he is now uh, climbed up quite a bit. But again, he should be available there in that number 17 spot on my critical board for the Packers to take at number 15. So those three players right there stand out. Two more that come to mind for me is uh, Brian Branch. Um, and he is going to be a Tier 5 player. And then Quentin Johnston is a Tier 5 player. And then, of course, um, we've got Njigba um, there uh, with uh, Ohio State wide receiver. He's going to be a Tier 5 player. He's in the number 20 spot. So you've got players that are popping up here now, right? Now, 
Let's do this as we wrap up. I mentioned that minimum RAS score of 8.3, right, in the Cheesehead TV article. What players on that list that I just listed, if if the Packers stick to what stick to the script that they have here recently, and they're not willing to draft anyone in the first two rounds that have an RAS score of less than 8.30, what players qualify off that list I just mentioned, right? Peter Skaronsky, he checks the box. He 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 definitely uh, you know, uh, has an RAS score that high. B. John Robinson, he makes the list. Joey Porter, he makes the list. Paris Johnson, still a question mark. Probably would make the list, but we got to treat him like a question mark right now until his pro day. Broderick Jones, he makes the list. Miles Murphy, question mark. Jordan Addison does not make the list. Lucas Van Ness makes the list. And then you got Quentin Johnston, still a question. We don't know yet. We got to wait on the pro day. And then Jackson Smith uh, in Jigba is, uh, is definitely. Uh, makes that list as well. So of those players, you've got an offensive tackle, a halfback, a corner, uh, another offensive tackle, and then you have an edge defender, and you've got a, uh, a wide receiver in in Jigba. So I'm sure that Quentin Johnston will make that list. I would be really surprised if he doesn't. The one that really pops up to me right now, guys, is Brian Branch. The fact that the Packers haven't pulled the trigger on a first or second round pick with a lesser score of, of 8.30 when it comes to RAS score, right? That really, really makes me think there's very, very little, if any, chance that they take Brian Branch at the safety position. So now it becomes, do they draft a corner and move a corner to safety, right? Whether it's the rookie corner or one of our current corners. Do they go with an edge defender? Do they go with offensive tackle? Or do they go with a wide receiver, whether it's uh, – I mean, the guy that really stands out right now as far as the RAS check in the list is Njigba. I mean, he really is. That's the guy that, that pops up in my mind is, hey, look, this is the one, this is the receiver that the Packers are probably pretty, uh, pretty serious about taking simply because the RAS lines up. So uh, this list is going to start to become very, very um, refined, right? and fine-tuned, and we're going to come down with a handful of players that the Packers could potentially take, right? Now, you guys know, just like I talked about Devontae Wyatt last year, there's one player that always just kind of every time you do another qualification for would the Packers take him, is it a good fit, is that in their is that in their athletic score uh, range, is, is, you know, that fit a need on the team, does that fit a current, uh, you know, current top-tier player of value where they wouldn't be reaching – Another one that checks the list is Lucas Van Ness again, man. Every time we do these exercises, Lucas Van Ness's name keeps popping up. If he is on the board when the Packers pick and one of these other players didn't fall significantly down to the Packers, my money would just about be on Lucas Van Ness at the moment. That could change. That could change real quick when these other RASs come in and people leapfrog each other. There may be another player that pops up and goes, nope, this guy checks every box. But right now, that's the player that keeps coming to mind for me. So hopefully that makes some sense for you guys. As we get ready to wrap up, I'm going to jump back on Twitter and just make sure nothing broke as far as news. And it doesn't look like anything has yet. Let's just double check here real quick and go to the normal people here. Rob Domofsky's my favorite follow probably. Um, he's the guy that he gives the most up-to-date information when it comes to the Packers, in my opinion. He's pretty well plugged in. Um, so the last thing he retweeted was two hours ago, Dan Graziano. I'm told the Jets contingent on the way uh, uh, the Jets uh, contingent on the way to California includes team owner Woody Johnson, GM Joe Douglas, head coach uh, Robert Sala, offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, and possibly others. Guys, that sounds serious. That sounds really serious. And you guys know Aaron Rodgers loves Nathaniel Hackett. If you asked me two months ago when they signed, or was it a month ago when they signed Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator, I was like, come on, Aaron's not going to the New York Jets. I may have been wrong, and I'll be the first one to admit, hey, got that one wrong, guys. I, I didn't think he would be the big selling point, but the fact that the head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, GM Joe Douglas, and the owner, Woody Johnson are all flying across the country. It's not like they're going three states over, guys. They're going from New York or Jersey, I should say, all the way to California to Aaron Rodgers' Malibu home. There's there's some serious talks going on, and we may wake up in the morning if 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 
if not before we lay our heads down to go to sleep tonight and a deal pretty much be in place for Aaron Rodgers to go to the New York Jets. If that's the case, hey, it's number 10 time, baby. But I will tell you this, like I said at the top of this podcast, the way that Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have handled this, my hat's off to them. They did it in a way that whether he comes back to the Packers, he retires from the Packers, or he goes to the Jets, all parties agree it would be time to move on or bring him back. And they did it in a mature way, in a mature manner. And the one person I've got to give the most credit to is Aaron Rodgers. And some people are rolling their eyes right now, and I don't care. Because there was another quarterback that did totally the opposite. There was another quarterback that was going behind the team's back and talking to a division rival. There was another team's quarterback that that changed their mind, This uh, another Packers quarterback that changed their mind three times in the course of one month and then tried to throw the front office and the head coach completely under the bus. And he didn't care about nobody but himself at the time. And it absolutely it, – it astonishes me that some people still hold, hold him in higher regard than Aaron freaking Rodgers because they don't agree with some of his political takes or they don't agree with his vaccination status or they don't agree with anything he's done over the last however many years, in my opinion, since November of 2021, and we'll leave it at that. So mad respect to Brian Gutekunst, mad respect to Aaron Rodgers, mad respect to Mark Murphy – everybody involved, the fact that they would be willing to do this in a mature manner, and now it's going to be the Jordan Love era. If that's the case, let's get behind number 10, and let's follow him to the end of the freaking earth, just like we did with Aaron Rodgers. But, again, slight chance. I think it's highly unlikely at this point that they go all the way out to California after having already talked earlier this week and not come away with Aaron Rodgers being their quarterback here in the near future. Um, If he does come back to Green Bay, welcome him back with open arms. And my stance is still the same. Let's get Jordan Love a contract extension. That way when Aaron does walk away, he's the quarterback of the future. Because Jordan Love, I think he's shown enough, and I think the team believes in him enough that they think he can be the starting quarterback moving forward. So we're going to find out real soon, guys, and that's that fires me up because we're going to now know who the quarterback's going to be of this team, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love moving forward, and let's build a team around them, and let's go after another Lombardi. So appreciate you guys taking the time. Like I said, hopefully uh, this information – Um, sheds a little light on the entire situation. And I'm sure as soon as this goes live, the news will drop that the decision was made. He's either uh, going to the Jets, he's coming back to the Packers, or he's retiring. As soon as we drop this pod, that would not surprise me one bit. But again, thank you all for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go. On the fake, Rodgers lets it fly. Has Watson. He's got it on his feet and he's in that might be the biggest catch of this young receiver's career from Christian Watson. You can see him it's just press man. They talk about his speed, his ability to get behind the defense. It's just a matter of can he catch it. That's a great job tracking the ball. He just took a big sigh of relief. Look at his buddies greeting him on the sideline, man. That's got to feel good.